Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we will continue on with our monthly series of emerging markets conversations as my guest is joining me today in studio to talk about the emerging market team's latest flagship report, a monthly piece. The title for this month is Look Beyond the U.S. in the Second Half. So we'll dive a bit deeper into that in just a few moments. But I do want to welcome my guest, Alejo Zerwanko, the chief investment officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, great to be back with you. Thank you for dropping by and looking forward to our conversation. So excited to be here in person. Thank you, Dan, for having me again on a monthly basis. Absolutely. So, Alejo, maybe let's set the stage a bit for our listeners, our clients, with a review of the recent performance and the outlook of the two largest economies in the world, those being the United States and China. So how do you see the macroeconomic environment playing out, Alejo, in those two nations? Absolutely. Why don't we start with the U.S.? And I think we need to recognize that the U.S. economy has shown remarkable resilience so far this year. And when you look at market performance, the S&P 500's returns, at least until a couple of days ago, we've seen a bit of weakness in the last two trading days. But still, year to day, you're mm-hmm. talking about total returns in U.S. dollars in the vicinity of 8%. Um, our thesis is that investors shouldn't extrapolate this trends moving forward, nor the strength of the U.S. economy, nor the strength of the uh, U.S. equity market. The main reason being that U.S. regional banks are still experiencing quite some pressure, and this is affecting lending standards, not only at the level of regional banks, but at the broader economy level more, more, uh, more broadly, of course. If you take into account the Federal Reserve's latest senior loan officer opinion survey, banks of all sizes across all U.S. regions have tightened lending standards on all loan categories. Uh, This is data as of the first quarter of um, 2023. Um, At the same time, when you look at the nature of the performance of the S&P 500, it's been remarkably narrow. Over 6% of the S&P 500's nearly 8% returns here to date had to do with just seven companies, all of them mega cap tech companies. So looking ahead, we think that the sharp tightening in liquidity conditions we've seen over the last uh, uh, few quarters will soon begin to translate into softer U.S. labor market dynamics, weaker economic com- conditions, and softer corporate profits. And we do recognize that the performance of mega cap tech stocks has some fundamental backing from recent advances in the area of generative artificial intelligence, but there's already a lot of good news priced into these companies. Compare all this with what's going on out of Asia, starting with with China. Uh, Yes, the recovery has been undergoing some scrutiny as economic data from April underwhelmed expectations, uh, implying somewhat of a softer momentum after a very strong first quarter. Uh, The recovering consumption remains on track. However, the property market and manufacturing demand appear to be losing quite a bit of steam. Despite all this, we think the recovery out of China will continue. And this will be led by the services sector 
and will be helped by easier monetary and fiscal policy in a targeted way, helping areas such as housing. But more broadly, if you look at growth dynamics globally, emerging Asia looks set to contribute the most to global GDP growth in coming quarters, and we think that corporate earnings out of the region should start to fully reflect this economic reality uh, shortly. So putting it all together, Dan, we are penciling in a slowdown in the U.S. economy on the back of tighter uh, liquidity conditions. At the same time, we project resilience and a fair amount of strength in economic dynamics out of emerging Asia. This is a world that is um, operating at multiple speeds, and we are of the view that this will become more visible in the months ahead. So with that backdrop in mind, clearly a strong case to look outside of the U.S. for opportunity, and we'll dive a bit deeper into what that looks like in terms of portfolio construction a bit later in the conversation. Though you did mention the bank Alejo, if 2023 has demonstrated anything, events they tend to pop up unexpectedly. So I'm curious, any factors that come to mind that could, let's say, drastically change your views in the near term? Definitely. I think we are facing two key known unknowns in the near future. Mm-hmm. Top of mind of any investor today has to do with uh, the U.S. debt ceiling debate. Uh, we do recognize, recognize that the risk of a U.S. default appears to be at its highest since 2011. However, our base case is that the U.S. Congress will deliver a last-minute increase in the debt ceiling, as it has done on 89 occasions since 1959. Now, in the event of a failure to reach some sort of deal by the so-called X date, that is when the U.S. government will no longer be able to pay its debt, we would expect quite a bit of market distress which in turn, I think, will force politicians to go back to a negotiating table and cure a default in short order. Now, none of this would come without long-term consequences. You and I have discussed the intense debate that exists today around the role of the U.S. dollar as global reserve and trading currency. We've written a lot about this in recent weeks. One... um, Statistic is is remarkable these days. If you want to protect yourself as an investor against a default by the U.S. government, it costs you a lot more Mm. than protecting yourself against the default of emerging market governments such as uh, Mexico, Brazil, Indonesia, the Philippines, or countries such as Greece. Mm. Right? This I think is is quite quite interesting. So let's see how this plays out. We have a solid baseline scenario of you know last minute resolution. However, there is a low probability, very high impact scenario that one needs to contemplate, and this would alter the outlook dramatically. That's the first known unknown. The second one has to do with the evolution of U.S.-China relations. Uh, This, of course, remains tense. We expect them to remain tense for the foreseeable future. Uh, We're looking particularly close at a draft of a U.S. executive order that would impose restrictions on the ability of U.S. corporations to invest abroad, particularly in China. Um, As far as it's been reported, these restrictions will affect only new investments and not existing investments. It will affect investments in private markets and 
are not expected to impact investments in, in the public markets. And it should be limited to restrictions in cutting-edge sectors such as artificial intelligence, advanced semiconductors, and quantum com computing. This is generating overall quite a bit of angst in the global invest investor communities, particularly those involved in any shape or form with Chinese assets. So I think having clarity on this measure in coming weeks should help lift the market overhang. So um, to sum it all up, Dan, I think we're looking closely at the debt ceiling debate. Mm -hmm. We're looking closely at uh, U.S.-China tensions. And as you highlighted, you know, these are the known unknowns. Right. Uh, how about all those unknown unknowns that might pop exactly. up in the near future? And it sounds like we'll have some clarity on these items within a couple of weeks' time. So that'll be helpful for markets as well, knowing that, of course, markets do not like uncertainty. I think that's fair. In, on both these areas, the next four weeks are going to be key. So let's maybe get back to portfolio construction positioning. This is going back to what we alluded to a bit earlier in the conversation, Alejo, as we begin to wrap up. How should our clients, how should our listeners position their portfolios in this context? You know our approach very well, Dan, by now. Uh, we are fairly cautious in terms of risk-taking in investment portfolios today. We hold a preference for fixed income securities over equities at the top-down level. Mm -hmm. We also hold a bias, a preference for defensive strategies over more cyclical assets, over more cyclical exposure. And we do have a positive view on some geopolitical safe havens such as gold. Um, in addition, one of our marked biases in portfolios has to do precisely with looking for investments outside of the U.S., right? In our analysis, U.S. assets, U.S. equities in particular, are priced quote-unquote, for perfection. Mm -hmm. Valuations are relatively high. Um, the performance, as I highlighted earlier, year today has been very, very narrow, focused on uh, mega-cap tech stocks. Mm -hmm. And um, we see signs of fragility in this constellation, right? Uh, therefore, we're looking for opportunities primarily outside of the United States, emerging market assets among them. In our view, when you look at emerging market equities, uh, they offer a valuation discount that it is not fully justified by fundamentals in terms of growth, inflation, uh, dynamics, and of course, corporate, corporate performance in terms of earnings in, in particular. In addition, some of the major external headwinds that the asset class have been experiencing are fading as U.S. interest rate peak and the U.S. dollar weakens. That's on the equity side. And it's interesting when you look at the fixed income side on the emerging world, uh, we also think valuations are relatively attractive compared to history. And this is driven primarily by the high yield segment uh, with specific opportunities in countries such as Colombia, Argentina, and Egypt. So um, all in, Dan, we think the second half of the year should be one should be one in which investors uh, should be looking for opportunities outside of the U.S. Relative valuations are more interesting. Uh, economic growth dynamics um, are are more appealing, and specifically, 
uh, earnings growth dynamics uh, seem to hold more promise on a tactical basis. We're talking about six to 12 months out, mm-hmm. outside of the U.S., particularly in emerging markets relative to U.S. markets. Well, it's a very compelling case, Alejo, and thank you again for dropping by top of the morning today to outline for our clients, our listeners, why they should look beyond the U.S. for opportunity, especially as we're now entering into the second half of 2023. Again, I do want to point our clients, our listeners, to the monthly flagship publication from the Emerging Markets team, which Alejo has been making reference to on this morning's podcast. Again, that title, Look Beyond the U.S., in the second half, the publication is now available up on UBS.com slash CIO for your reference. If you are a client of UBS, simply reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy directly. Though, again, uh, today I have been joined here in studio by Alejo Zermanco, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, thank you again and looking forward to catching up again with you next month. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.